I'm really excited about what God wants to talk to us about tonight. And, and I feel like there are some people here that really need to hear this message. And I wanted to say that up front. There are some of you that are here that are in a good place. And, and some of the things I'll say, you'll think, oh, I mean, I'm good, Missy, thanks. Like, and kind of want to check out. And I just wanted to say up front, don't check out on me tonight. If you're in a good place and you're, you feel refreshed and revived, give that tonight. Take notes even for someone that you might meet this week, that you might want to encourage. But there are some specific people that I came to talk to tonight that need a word from God, that need to be encouraged, that need to know that they are not alone, that they are not forgotten, and that God is with them. Someone here needs to hear it desperately. So I'm asking all of us tonight to pull on that so that the person, the people, the group of us that need to hear it Thank you. Ken can get that. Does that make sense, you guys? I'm asking for your help tonight with that. Um, We all have a place in the body. We all have something that we are supposed to be doing, a mission, a dream, if you will. And with this idea of a dream, um, I thought of Joseph. So we're going to talk a little bit about Joseph tonight. Um, If you look at Hebrews 12.1, it says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run. Everyone say run. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And I love this idea, this thought, that there is a group of people that have already done, already been through what I've been through. This group of people that have fought the fight that is right in front of me. They have overcome it. There's a group of people that I can find in the Word of God, no matter what it is that I'm going through. There is somebody in there who has already fought that fight. They've already overcome. And they are cheering us on. I love that thought. This race, this this thing that's in front of us. We all have a path. We all have something that God has specifically designed for you to do. Michael, something that's in front of you to accomplish. We all have this race to run, and there are people that we can find in there that are similar to our circumstances that we can say, hey, you know what? I'm not alone in this. God didn't just ask me to do this. There are things that I'm going through that, hey, they went through it too, and they overcame. That's encouraging to me. And when we think about this this cloud of witnesses, this group of people, these heroes, if you will, that have overcome. You know, and I think of Joseph. If you look in Hebrews 11, it kind of lists this hall of fame, these people that have done outstanding things for God. And Joseph, he was one of them. And I feel like in all of our lives, before we even get started, there is something that hovers over all of us to really accomplish the thing we've got to do. There, We need freedom to not be intimidated by what's in front of us, intimidated by the circumstances that surround us. Because this dream that's inside of us, there are circumstances that try and tell you, you will never reach it. You'll never fulfill it. And I came to tell someone tonight, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You just keep going, baby. You just keep pushing because you can. The dream that's in your heart, no matter what it is, no matter what that dream is, you can fulfill it. You can be it. You can be the mom that you dreamed of. You can be the wife that you always wanted to be. You can actually be the best friend that you always wanted someone to be for you. You can be that to someone. You can start the business that you desired to start. You can do incredible things. 
You can plant a church in Erie and see it succeed and grow and leave a legacy, a legacy in a city. You can do that. We can accomplish these things. But we got to break free from this intimidating spirit. It's a spirit, you guys. And I've learned it. There, it has a voice. It talks to you. It, it brings up stuff from your past. And it tells you you're not good enough. You can't do this. Maybe you didn't do anything necessarily wrong. But it'll bring up you know, your parents. Don't you remember what they said about your dad? He'll, he couldn't do it. Neither can you. You're his child. Or whatever he tries to say to you. I'm here to tell you, let's silence that voice. At the end of this thing, I want all of us to be declaring inside of us, I will no longer listen to that voice. It is the voice of the good shepherd that I will follow. The stranger, I'm not following his voice anymore. I'm listening to my king. I'm following Jesus. What he says about me is truth. That's what I'm leaning on. That's what we want to accomplish tonight. If we look at Joseph, you know, I'm talking about, like, if you grew up in church and you went to children's church, you heard of the guy with the coat of many colors. You know, if, you know, back when I was little, we had the flannel board and you have, like, the guy with the, the, yep, amen, whoop. You get the guy with the um, coat of many colors and it talks about, you know, this guy who conquered all of these things and this cute little story was dropped in this pit and, oh, but he overcame. And if you really look at the story of Joseph, it's pretty intense. It's very intense, the things that he went through. And he was the great-grandson of Abraham. You know who Abraham is, you know, the father of faith, Abraham. And then you have Isaac and Jacob. And Joseph was Jacob's 11th son. He had brothers that really did not like him. They were very angry with him. And it's kind of his dad's fault. His dad kind of played favorites. There are any parents in the house? You know, that's kind of not a good thing. You kind of want to love your kids the same. You want them all to know that they're equally precious. Well, Jacob kind of didn't do that. And Joseph was known as the favorite. You know, he's wearing this coat that his dad made for him and walking around declaring to his brothers, night and day, I'm the favorite. And so his brothers kind of didn't like him for that. It's kind of his dad's fault, but that's how it goes. And Joseph, he gets this dream. And this dream that that God gives to him, in the midst of him knowing that his brothers don't like him, he goes to them and he tells them his dream, which is kind of funny to me. But this dream that God gave him, it really was from God. It really was from God. And I want us to keep that in mind as we go through tonight. There are dreams that God really did give you. And it may look like everyone is against you. It may look like it's not true. I made that up in my mind. Just because circumstances try and tell you that it's not from God, I came to tell you it is. This burning desire that you can't get away from, that's God talking to you. Don't walk away from that. He wants you to know that. And I feel like if Joseph, if he were to kind of jump out of the stands, out of that great cloud of witnesses that we talked about, if he kind of jumped out of the stands and he came and ran beside you a little while, I think he would tell you, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. That's what Joseph, if Joseph could stand here and talk to you tonight, he would say, don't quit. I overcame. I saw God do amazing things in my life, and he will do it for you too. That's what Joseph would tell us. Don't, don't quit. Don't give up on your dreams. We all have days where we want to quit, huh? I know I do. I definitely do. There are days where I feel like I can't, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep going. The dreams that I have for my life. I know when my kids were little, 
my kids aren't with me tonight. My husband is actually in Africa. Uh, he told me to tell you he loves you guys, and I forgot to do that, so now I didn't. He loves you and uh, so proud of all that you guys are doing. So he wishes he could be here, but my kids are with my parents. And I have uh, three kids, and my youngest son, he was the one that you would call the strong-willed child. And if you meet him now, you would not believe me. Like, I have... Um, I have people who were with me in my life at that time that can contest to this. But Derek, he was a strong-willed child. And I wanted to be the best mom. Like, I was going to be this incredible mom. And my kids were going to stand up and glorify God. And they're going to be preachers in the house of God. And I'm going to be this awesome parent. And everyone's going to look to me. And, wow, how did you do that with your kids? And then I had Derek. And I was like, Derek, you're ruining my dream here, kid. Like, you're not supposed to be this way. He was horrible. Like, I would tell him not to do something. He would quickly, like, Derek, don't go in there and touch that. Oh, yeah? Well, I wasn't really planning to, Mom, but now that you said not to touch it, going to go touch that. Like, that was Derek. He constantly was trying my patience and, and driving this rebellion from him. There was one day, I feel like I spanked him. I don't know how many times that day I called Steve crying. I was like, you have to come home. You have to come get this kid. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like a failure. He's he's not listening to me. He doesn't obey me. He's not listening at all, and I don't know what to do. And Steve was like, oh, my gosh, you need to calm down. It really can't be that bad. I was like, you have not been here today. You do not know what I've been through. Do not tell me it is not that bad. All the mom said, amen. Well, that was Derek in there, but there was a moment. I would not let go of this dream, this dream that I saw something in him, and I knew I knew that he was special, and that God's hand was on him, and that God was going to use him for what I didn't know, but I knew if I backed off and I let him win, that it would take him on a path that he would then have to fight some battles that he wouldn't have to fight if I would just stick with it. And so I stuck with it. And that kid, I tell you what, he is he is so precious. If you come in my house, he's going to be the one that greets you at the door. Do you want something to drink? Can I get you anything? Can I serve you? He's so soft-hearted and loving and precious. There are things that were broken off of him that God did in his life because I didn't quit. That was a dream I had to see my kids really fulfill their destiny. And it required me doing some things that weren't fun. It just wasn't fun to correct him. It wasn't fun to get in there and get in the big mess of it all. But In the process, as I did it, things shifted in his life. And I just wanted to use that as an example. You know, we we talk about dreams and we think, oh, I I should have this dream of being the CEO of this company and being a billionaire. And, well, if my dream isn't that, I don't really have a dream. Even if it's just you want to be a good mom, that's your dream. Own that dream and don't let anyone talk you out of it. If you feel like you're supposed to start something in this house, a small group, a dream of of ministering to to young women, and it's been in your heart and you haven't even said it out loud, God, could I really do that? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. God wants you to fulfill those dreams in your life. Sometimes you feel like you want to quit. And I know that um, probably in the last six years, now me and my husband have been in the ministry for 16 years, And I think it's been in the last six years I've seen more people and felt in my own life this desire to quit be so um, amped up in people's lives. And I was talking to God about that. I was like, what's the deal? What's the deal with that? And it's the spirit, I feel like, that's trying to creep into the church that get all of us off track. 
And God just wants us to get back on track and, and stop listening to that voice. He wants to be with us and He wants to be near us. He doesn't want us to quit. He wants us to fight. Fight these things. So I feel like if Joseph was here, that, that's, that would be his message to us. Don't quit. Don't give up. If you look at Genesis 37, Genesis 37, verse 5. Let's read a little bit here. I just want you to see it in your Bible. Verse 5 through 7, it says, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. Now, he already ha- they already hated him, and he knew it. And he tells them anywhere. Anyway, in verse 6 it says, So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Is he crazy? Like, why in the world would he tell something that is so intimate and dear to the people that hate him? But he did it. He went and told them. And a couple of verses later, in verse 19, it says, Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dream now. Wow. Like, have you ever felt that way? Like you kind of opened up and you kind of told someone this, this thing that was inside of you and they kind of just stomped all over it? Joseph can relate to that. There's so many things that, that Joseph can uh, relate to in this area of dreams and having a vision and a goal for your life. And maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's finances. Maybe even some of us it's a relationship with God. You know, we thought that our relationship with God was going to be this way. You know, you get saved and, it, you know, life's supposed to be perfect, right? And then things happen and you wonder, what's happened? And some of us are kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust God. And we're just kind of drifting back and kind of closing up a little bit. God wants to open up your heart tonight. He wants you to let him back in. There are four things that we can learn from Joseph. The first one is, don't give up on your dream, even if it didn't start off well. Even if your life, you know, maybe, you know, circumstances when you came to to Christ and he gave you this dream and then everything about you, just like Joseph, you know, God gave him this dream and then everything about him started going the opposite direction of what God had said. Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe you even know someone where you feel like, they feel like they got a dream from God, a vision from God, an assignment from heaven. And then everything around them seems to be saying no. You can encourage them with this because we can look at Joseph and see that God was still with him. God was, had never forsaken him. You know, sometimes we look at our past and we let our past define us. Our past, we let it tell us who we are and, and we can't go forward and we can't move on because we keep looking in a rearview mirror, kind of looking at the back. Can I tell you that God wants to redeem the time for us? Scripture tells us that. He is for us. He is a good God. Amen, everybody? He's a good God. And He wants to be with you in all of these these decisions that you make. Even sometimes when it looks like life is against you, Joseph's life tells us that God was still with him, and He's with us too. That's that's our God. If you look at, you take um, a kid's toy, you know, the Etch-A-Sketch, where you can ride on it, and then you shake it, and everything goes away. That, that's what God does with our lives. He doesn't remember the things that I bring up to Him in my mind. I'm like, God, how could you use me? And I throw out my list of all the reasons why God can't use me. 
And I can just see him like, what are you, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, Missy. Because that is God. Like when I gave my life to Christ and my life was covered in the blood of Jesus, He forgets. He doesn't just, oh, I forgive you the way I forgive. You know, I forgive my kids, but I still remember what they did. That's not how God works. The Word talks about how He forgets it. He doesn't remember it. He looks at you through Jesus. I'm going to say that again. He looks at you through Jesus. Do we get that? Through Jesus. Think about who Jesus is. Think about what he did and the, and the right standing he had with the Father and their relationship. Because that's what God longs for. For us to be in this right relationship with him, knowing there's nothing that can come between us. If we do something wrong, we just confess it. John 1, 9 tells us, for just confess our sins. He's faithful. He's just to forgive us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's our God. And we've got... Um, an accuser of the brethren. You know, Jesus talked about this enemy that we have, and he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is who we're fighting against. It's not Jesus. It wasn't God destining something bad to happen to us. That's not how he works. He, Jesus made it very clear and talked to us about it. There are things that happen, yes, and it's the enemy. So let's fight against the enemy by partnering with, with Jesus, with our God. Amen? That's what we need to do. Don't, don't run from him. Run to Him when things get hard, when it looks like circumstances around you are falling. Run to Him. He wants to be there for you. And we can look at the Apostle Paul. Just think about him for a minute. The Apostle Paul. My goodness, this man, he killed Christians. Like He was a killer, a murderer. Killed Christians. And God got a hold of his life and turned everything around. Changed his name, went from Saul to Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Like, that is our God. That is what he does. He takes people who have this resume that most of us would look at and say, wow, can't be used. And he turns it around and he uses all of us in miraculous ways when we will let go of the thing that was back here and keep walking towards on this path, keep moving forward. So get get rid of the rearview mirror, you guys. Get rid of that. All of this back here, even if it was yesterday, good or bad, Let's forget this. Yesterday's over. What's tomorrow about? What mission are we supposed to be about? What is the church supposed to be accomplishing tomorrow? That's what our focus should be, you guys. So don't give up. And don't feel like you can never never accomplish things. You have not disqualified yourself. Someone needs to hear that. You have not disqualified yourself. There's nothing that you can do that disqualifies you. Nothing. God wants to use you. He wants to take your life and make it count for something bigger than you could ever imagine. That's what he wants to do. That is who our God is. So we got to stop listening to the lies of the devil, this enemy that we have, and start listening to the truth of the word of God. And let that be who we are and our image and who we look at and look to to be um, our example. Amen? That's That's who we need to... What we need to do. In 1 Timothy 1.12-13 it says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me. Does someone need some strength today? Paul did. Paul felt weak. And he said he strengthened me. Well why did he do that Paul? Because he's considered me faithful. Think about that. We just described Paul. Paul the murderer. 
God doesn't see him that way anymore. Sees him through Jesus. Sees him faithful. Putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. God sees us through Jesus. He's for us. He is not against us. So don't give up just because it, it didn't start out well. God gave you this dream and, and things just all of a sudden seem to fall apart. Don't just throw in the towel, you guys. Keep going. Keep moving. The next thing is don't give up on your dream, even if those closest to you don't support you. Now, some of us, I feel, are exhausted from feeling rejected. And that would be my story. That's the thing that I have had to overcome in my life. And I won't go into all the details of all the things that have happened in my life, but over and over again from being a little girl, even to a grown woman, that has been the thing that I have had to fight. This fear of rejection, this thing that I'm going to do something to mess it up and then no one's going to like me. And and what if I say the wrong thing? Maybe I'll do the wrong thing. Or, you know, people tell you, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. And and you feel rejected and alone. And I would hear these voices in my head telling me, Missy, just stay in the background. Just be quiet. No one wants to hear what you have to say anyway. And I would feel so intimidated by people I'd never even met. Like I would meet someone new and I would think, there's no way they're going to like me. So I'd just be quiet. I'll hide behind Steve. And, you know, Steve's a big personality with a big smile. Everyone likes him. So I'll just be real quiet. And I'll stay close to him, and they'll just connect us. And, oh, then they'll like me because they like Steve. I lived that way for so long. And when I finally let the Word of God dictate who I was, there was so much freedom. Was it scary to come behind, out from behind the wall and let people hear my voice and my thoughts and, and my dreams? Yes. But it was so freeing. It was so freeing to know that, that God had chosen me, not just Steve. And there are some, some wives in the house that need to know that. It's not just your husband who was called, ladies. He called both of us. He called us to be one. He called us to come alongside each other. Steve is not complete without me. And wives, we need to lend our voice, lend our, lend our hearts, lend our dreams to our husbands. And husbands, I know that there are men here that love their wives. And I just want to encourage you, if, if you have a wife that you see something in them, Pull it out of them. Don't let them kind of hide behind you. It's your job to push them and and pull those gifts out of them. So husbands, I'm asking you to pull that out of them. Don't let them hide. Talk to them. Encourage them. Don't speak death into their dreams. If they open up and tell you something, speak life. Speak life into each other. This is what God wants for us. The church needs to see unified couples who are walking together, going with purpose, going with passion. And when we do that, when we will get to that place, we will see the church expand and explode because there's something different in the house. When there are two people walking together, something changes. It looks different. People don't expect that in the church. You know, you got churches where the women, it's all the women's thing, and women are in charge, and then you got other churches where the men, they're doing their thing, and the women, you'll be silent in the church. That's, that's not what it was supposed to look like. Two people coming together, unified, walking together. What is your dream? What is your dream? He wants you to accomplish it. It's going to take the two of you working together. So don't give up on it. 
let God heal your heart tonight. Let Him minister to you. If you felt rejected in life, let His voice tell you you are needed. You are loved. Who you are is valuable. Jesus died on a cross. He paid a high price for you. Not just the people you deem valuable. For you. He did it for you. He loves you and you're needed. You're so valued. And Jesus, He even dealt with rejection. And this was something, you know, when I saw this in the Word, it changed something in me. Because I, you, know, you think, Jesus, I mean, everybody, who wouldn't want to be around Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus, the Messiah. I mean, you get around Him, you're, you're sick, you're healed. You need a dream, He gives it. You need, you know, to be prophesied on. He brought the kids and He loved on. I mean, who wouldn't want to be with Jesus, right? Well, in Mark 6, we find a different story. Verses 3 and 4, it says, Is not this the carpenter? You know, he had gone into the temple and he was talking to people who had known him his whole life. He was trying to explain to them that he was the Messiah. You know, this this scripture that I just read to you, it's been fulfilled. It's me, guys. Here I am. Jesus had been in, in their midst this whole time. And here he is trying to reveal himself to them. This is what they say. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown and among his own relatives and his own household. And this is the only place you find where Jesus said he could not do anything there. He healed a few sick folk is what it says. He could do no mighty miracles there. Jesus' hands were tied because he was rejected. Jesus knows what it feels like to be rejected. Joseph was rejected. His brothers wanted to kill him. And they decided to opt out for human trafficking. As if that's better. And let me just let you live for the rest of your life and know that I would rather have money than you in my life. I don't know which is worse. I mean, just kill me now. Then it's over. I don't have to live with that. But Joseph lived every day knowing that his family chose money over him. Every day. That's how he lived. Joseph, he knows what it feels like to be rejected. That he didn't quit and he didn't give up. The third thing I think Joseph would tell us is don't give up today. Don't you give up, even if your journey is full of surprises. And I can tell you, I'm not very old. I'm only 36, but I've lived a little bit to know that dreams that God gives us you know, we, we see the big picture, we're given the dream, and we think we're going to go from point A to point B. And it's going to be a straight line. It doesn't work like that. There are zigzags, and there are all kinds of stuff that happen. And sometimes you even feel like you started at point A, he tells you where point B is, and you start walking backwards from it. That's how I felt a lot of times. I'm like, God... Well, could you have just, you know, told me a little bit of the dream then? If I'm not going to be far away from this massive dream, planting churches all over the world. What? Backwards. No. Don't quit. Don't give up. Just because it feels like you're moving further away sometimes. Joseph would tell you not to give up. Let's look at these nine events that happened in Joseph's life. He was misunderstood by his family sold into slavery by Potiphar, living in a strange country far from home. Could you imagine? Far from home, not just 
another state in America, like far from home, different culture, different language, far from home. Given favor in Potiphar's house, though. So now, you know, it's like, woo, it was hard, but now God's with me. This is good. I've got favor. So things start changing a little bit in his life. But then he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. You know, apparently Joseph was this handsome man, and Potiphar's wife wanted some of that. And so she just kept on and on and on, and she just wouldn't quit. Grabs his coat. He kept saying, no, no, I can't do this. I will not dishonor my God. And she grabs his coat, and he pulls himself out of it and runs for for his life. Well, now she's got his coat, so she takes it to her husband, because now she's angry because she was rejected. And so she accuses him of doing some horrible things to her, and he finds himself in prison. So it goes, you know, it's good, and then it's down, and then it's up, and then it's down for, for Joseph. And now he's thrown in prison. But in prison, he finds favor again, and he's put in charge there. And some um, chief officers of Pharaoh, are, they find themselves there. And they tell, you know, they have this dream, and they talk to Joseph. Well, Joseph was able to interpret that dream, and, and so that he tells them what's going to happen. He asks them to remember him. And so you think, wow, Joseph's about to get out of prison. Nope, Joseph is forgotten, and he's left in prison for two more years. But then Pharaoh has a dream, and, and this guy remembers him and brings him to Pharaoh, and then all of a sudden things start turning around, and you see the dream 13 years later is beginning to be fulfilled. But it took Joseph 13 years and a lot of what we would call heartache, a lot of bad circumstances, stuff that he didn't ask for, stuff that we would even look at and say, gosh, Joseph didn't even do anything wrong for that to happen to him. Man of integrity thrown in prison? Uh, Come on, God. I didn't sign up for that. Joseph could have responded that way. But that's not how he responded. That's not what he did. So our lives can look like that. It can look like it's twice as bad as it is good. But God is still faithful, you guys. He is still with us. And he's telling us tonight, don't give up and don't quit. The question is, what are we going to do when we feel like giving up? When those moments hit us, when we hit this fork in the road and we can go this way or we can go this way, what, what do we do? And some of you might even ask, you know, what do you do, Missy? You know, I don't want to quit. But I don't know what to do. This this feeling of just, I, I can't keep going on. I don't know what to do. All of us, I feel like, if you've been, if you're connected to Jesus, He has put something inside of you. He gives us destiny. And there's something in you that you can pull out and look at. That's what I do. When I want to quit, I rehearse the dream that God gave me. I start talking to myself. I start telling myself, I've got a great family. You know, the dream I had, Missy, you had a dream to have this wonderful family. Well, I've got three beautiful kids. They love Jesus. I rehearse that. I've got a wonderful husband. He loves God. He loves the church. He honors me. I rehearse those things. God called us to plant a church in Boulder. We're still there. I rehearse those things. We have to stir up the gift. It's something we have to choose to do. When things are tough, it doesn't feel like you want to. You want to quit and you want to lay down. But guys, if you'll just open up your mouth, just open your mouth and start declaring the goodness of God and start declaring the things that God has spoken over your life, things start changing. The spark of hope, the spark, this light flickers again and you can keep going. It's important to rehearse the dream that God gave you. There's the psychologist in Australia. In Austria, his name is Victor, 
And he he got caught up in the uh, Nazi times. He was um, he was put in some of those co- concentration camps. And while he was there, he lived through the whole thing. And when it was over, he decided to go back and look and see why did someone make it and some didn't. And as he went through his research and asked tons of questions, he looked at, you know, physical stature or all these different things, or maybe it was upbringing. And the thing that he found that was true in every case was they knew inside of them that they had something big to live for. Those that didn't feel like they had a dream, they quit. Guys, what's your dream? I want us to stir up the dream tonight. What is it that you desire? What is it that you want to accomplish? Stir that up. And you won't quit. You won't quit. You'll keep going. The fourth thing that Joseph tells us is don't give up on your dream, even if it takes a long time to realize. Just think about all the things that that happened in Joseph's life and the 13 years it took from the time he was given that dream to the time he he stood in in front of Pharaoh. It was 13 years. And anywhere along the way, he could have quit. And he could have said, you know what? It's not worth it. But he didn't. He held on, and he got to see the dream in his heart fulfilled. Habakkuk 2.3, it says this, These things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. That's how our God is. He is with us. He's walking with us. And He's always right on time. He knows what's going on. I can't see all the things out there, but He can. He's got a better perspective than I do. So hold on to His voice. The final things that I think Joseph would tell us is focus on what happens in you and not to you. That is so freeing when you do that. Circumstances happen and You think, gosh, all this is so hard. And you start looking out here and you pray about what's out here. I've already said God doesn't bring bad things to us. Jesus made that very clear. But God is so much in the midst of our lives that he will teach us things through it. We will learn to hear his voice better. We make better choices. We get to hear the voice of wisdom and we're like, wow, I remember this voice saying this to me. I'm listening to that voice next time. You can learn from these things. Look inside yourself and see what you're learning. And draw from that wisdom. The next thing is your response to offense determines your future. And we can look at Joseph's life and realize that. You know, if you, he could have, you know, he's put in this position of power and his brothers come to him. And in that moment, I mean, he could have had them. Like, these brothers of mine, they wanted me killed. I will repay They sowed for it. I'm going to give it back to him. He could have done that, but he didn't. Listen to what Joseph said to his brothers. Genesis 50, 20, it says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He had such a perspective of in here and what God was doing and using him in every moment, everywhere he was. You know, the dream wasn't to be at Potiphar's house, but he was so in that moment and letting God use him that he would rise to the top. God didn't put him in prison, but he found himself there. So he gave himself to the moment he would rise to the top. That's how Joseph responded to everything. And that's how God wants us to respond in our lives. When things happen around us, respond this way. God intends to bless me no matter what you intend. God intends to bless me. That is my God. He's on my side. 
sometimes we have to choose to say out loud we forgive certain people. I've had to do that. And I can say that if we give ourselves to that, God will do something in your heart and change you. You'll feel differently about these people. You'll be able to kind of unpack some baggage that we carry around. You'll feel a lot lighter. And the future will be much brighter for us. It's not worth it, you guys, to hold on to things. It's not worth it because it stops us short from reaching our potential and reaching where God has us to, to go. Next thing is every dream has tough times, but remember, God is always with us, even in the hard times. Like, Missy, gosh, this is kind of hard. Like, you're talking about hard times, and gosh, can't you be more positive? Well, I'm positive. We all have hard times. We all have things that we have to go through. The Word of God tells us He's with us. He's with us. And some someone here is going through something. God sent me here to tell you He's with you. You're not alone. You're not the only one that's felt it. You're not the last one that will. This is why the body of Christ is so important. For us to be together, when these hard times hit, we can encourage one another. God wants us to be encouraged tonight. He's with us. Why do we need to remember this? Because sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes you can't feel Him. You need someone to come alongside you and say, Come on, baby. He's with you. You may not feel Him. But He's with you. He hasn't forgotten you. You're not alone. That's what God wants to tell us tonight. If everyone will bow your heads with me. And not moving around. I just have some scriptures that I want to I want to read over you. God wants to minister, minister to some hearts tonight. He wants you to know that you're not alone. He's with you. He sees you. You're not forgotten. Psalms 139, 8-10, it says, If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me, and your strength will support me. Psalms 47.1 God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. Isaiah 43.2 When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. So do not be afraid. For I am with you. Jeremiah 1.8 Don't be afraid of the people. For I will be with you. And I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Jeremiah 1.19 They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you. And I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. In Jesus, our Savior, Matthew 28, 20, it says, Be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the age. Jesus is with you. That's what he's saying to you tonight. He's always with you. If you need encouragement tonight, just open up your hands to him. Open up your hearts to him right now. Let him minister to you. 
Let him minister to your heart. I don't know what it is. Is it your finances? Is it tough? Feel like God's left you? He hasn't. You hang in there. Let him love on you. Let him talk to you right now. He can give you wisdom. He can teach you how to get out of debt. He can teach you that. He's Almighty God. Is it your marriage? Wish things were better? Wish there was peace at home? Let Him minister to you. Let Him give you ways to love on your spouse. Let Him heal your heart tonight. Is it relationship between you and your child? You think you never can have that relationship you always wanted. Yes, you can. God wants to encourage you tonight. He wants to encourage you. He wants you to know you're not forgotten. You're not alone. God loves you. God loves this church. He's so proud of you guys. my prayer for all of us tonight is that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him it would come we would open our eyes and really see who we are really know who we are you're powerful you're powerful God's with you every step. We don't have to be filled with fear and intimidated by the things around us. You know how to raise your kids. You know. You know how to handle any situation that comes your way. You know how to answer the the things that come up at work. God's with you. He loves you. He loves you. Can you all stand with me? going to pray over us tonight. I hope that you felt the encouragement of God. He loves you. He hasn't left you. So Father God, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. God, every person under the sound of my voice that doesn't know how valuable they are. God, open their eyes. God, I call every ministry person that's in this house to take their place in Jesus' name. God, I speak to every marriage that's represented here. God, I speak peace into their homes. I speak life. I speak joy. 
God, I thank you that you give us the spirit of joy for a heavy heart. God, I I thank you that we can exchange those things with you. Some of us give those things to you tonight. God, I thank you that you take this church to a new level. God, I ask for revelation for Mark and Kara. Give them wisdom, God. Every leader that's here, God, I thank you that they are one unit, that they stay close to their leaders. God, I thank you that you fill their mouth with prophetic praise and worship and adoration to you. God, I thank you that the dreams of every individual comes to pass in Jesus' name. The things that you brought to people's minds tonight, God, I thank you that you fulfill them. You do a work in our lives, God, that only you can do. God, we thank you for it. Thank you for being with your church. Thank you for setting us free. In Jesus' name. And I want to close tonight without giving someone an opportunity to accept Jesus as Lord. If you've never made that decision... That's the beginning point. If there's anybody who would like to pray that prayer, just raise your hand. Don't embarrass anyone. I just want to pray with you. Amen. I love you guys. Me and Steve love being a part of this family. Our church thinks of you. And we love you. Thanks again for having us.